Greetings and salutations. Thank you for joining me. This is Isha, and you are listening to Hope Speaks Episode 4. Um, There's so many things I thought I was going to be talking about tonight. And there's things I realized I already wanted to talk about on the last episode, but I failed to address because I wanted to save and let some time go by, and I really wanted to just let certain things marinate. Um, so we're going to be talking about the truth. We're going to be talking about a myriad of different things, but we're going to be talking about the passing of takeoff. We're going to be talking about staying focused, prayer. We're going to be talking about temptation, worldly struggle, struggles, and power. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. So I'm going to start off with a poem like I always do. And it's called Truth Equals Water. The truth is like water. It can fill a basin and spill over. It takes many forms, morphing from fluid to ice filling the air with a wet mist that leaves dry skin moist. It is a drink for hydration. It is the washing method of choice. Water cleanses and restores dirty skin. It brings life to a cracking voice, cleaning out the body and fixing the problems within. Water is like the truth when you let it run. You can drink a couple bottles, but the need for it is never done. And that's why truth equals water. Thank you. Um, so let's 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 really get into it. Um, as of late, I've been going. I've been going through some things, you know, regarding staying focused. It's been the most difficult because when you have a certain path that you have to walk. And you see all the things going on around you and there's so many things occurring. It makes you want to stray from that path. It makes you want to forget what you're working on. You have a desire to do a hundred things all at one time. You can only do one thing at a time. I think my issue is I've always been more interesting in juggling than I have in perfecting one thing first. And it's good to have multiple balls in the air at the same time because you get used to coordinating. You know, your hand-eye speed gets better. But as time is going on, I'm learning how to focus. How to give my attention to something and to stick with it. How to roll with something and hope that it turns out well instead of always trying to add more things to it. What I'm trying to do right now is just stay focused. Be consistent. Be forefront. Maintain a level of understanding that what I don't do now, I will have to do later. And I'd rather do it now so I can address it while it's still early. Lately, I've been praying for God to open doors that I have yet to have seen open. Hoping that he'll do things for me that honestly many believe can't be done but knowing that he's capable of everything. I grow weary of the process of waiting, but I realize that it's in this period that I'm being made. 
you know, and, and at the end of the day, I act like I'm waiting on God, but I think I got the concept messed up. Really, God is waiting on me. Waiting on me to get together. Waiting on me to stop looking for easy solutions to hard problems. You know, I was talking to my mother the other day. And we were talking about the timeline when it came to Moses. Many people don't realize Moses was tending the livestock for 40 years. The first time he left Egypt after he killed a man. So to tend the livestock for 40 years after living as royalty for 40 years and to become the leader that with the power of God led the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land or very close to it, you know, because he wasn't allowed to touch it. But to go through that much and for it to take all together, I'm not the best at math, but 40 plus 40 plus 40, 120 years, that's something. You know, I think oftentimes we want things quick. But God, he doesn't, Go according to what we want. I think that there's beauty in waiting. I believe that when you wait, it creates it creates something within you that getting things quickly can't do. When you get things quickly, you don't appreciate them as much. Often, you know, I've I've ran. I ran to quick demises. <laughs> so I, I wanted things fast. I wanted things the easy way. You know, I didn't think that waiting was just as powerful as getting things quick. I thought, you know, I gotta, I gotta be able to show this on Facebook, post this on Instagram, da 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 da. Look, I'm in a relationship now, da 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 da. That stuff doesn't matter at the end of the day. Please excuse my accent. This is just the way I talk. <laughs> But sometimes it means nothing. You know, we want to show everybody and we just want to live in the abundance of the overflow. Never realizing that when we give things time, we're allowing God to do a great work in us. Because we're not running to fix everything ourselves. We're doing the work that he gives us to do. And we're patiently waiting for the next steps. I've seen a lot of people get good things quick. And they don't appreciate it the way they could. Because they didn't have to wait for it. It doesn't mean they didn't work hard. It just means that they weren't built for endurance through the process of waiting.
But I do want to say the second uh, <laughs> sorry, second theologians three and five says, and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to wait. He wants us to know that in his time, things will be addressed and handled and done. And when God changes stuff, that's that's it. When God addresses stuff, that's it. There, when God handles stuff, there's no loose ends. When man handles stuff, it's all toe up. <laughs> okay? And you can tell. You can tell who, who forced things and who allowed God to work things out. Psalms 19.9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. That's what I love about Psalms. Psalms is like poetry when you read it. One more time. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You know, I think that we got so used to fast uh, fast food, email, text. We can get our answers in seconds now. What used to take, people used to wait on letters. Anybody remember writing letters and stuff for me? I used to love writing letters. I had a pen pal and everything. You know, pen pal used to put that pen to paper and wait on your pal to mail you back. Those are the type of things that build anticipation, waiting for the letter to come in the mail, putting the stamp on, licking the envelope. The process was long and tedious, but it was worth it. How many of us are willing to wait on a letter in the mail? How many of us are willing to wait for it to come to our door? You know, what I'm waiting on right now is good news. I could go for some good news. I could go for a blessing I didn't see coming. Because ultimately, I think it means more when you give things time to come to you as opposed to trying to force things to come. You know, recently I've been learning the process of letting things flow naturally. I think I've been through so much after a while it started. I started feeling a little um, jaded by it all. Seriously. Like totally jaded. And that's why I wrote this poem, Something Deeper. I hope you like it. I'm searching for something deeper when I write. It's easy to be self-indulgent. Talk solely about shallow love and sex. Make posts of myself half-naked to build a social media media following that doesn't care about my well-being. Checking the boxes of vanity and having a body for days. But I can't be a tool living for the sake of appeasing others. Only become a modern-day slave. I won't play nice. I won't be cute and just behave. 
cross me off your list. I have failed time and time again to assimilate. I'm running to the finish line, but my slow moving feet are always late. I'm not looking for the next level. I'm not struggling to be accepted in a place where few souls are. I'm reaching for love and hope, but my ambitions feel far, like driving a long race in a go-kart, but I refuse to give up and be counted as the lost. So I'm searching for something deeper when I write. Even when wrong seems easy, I have to do something right. And that's why I'm searching for something deeper. Thank you. What does it mean to keep on searching for something deeper when all the easy things are so are so simple to get sometimes? I mean, it's like temptation is right in front of you. The liquor store, clubs, bars. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go to the bar. I'm not saying you should never go to the club. And if I say I never win, I'd be a liar. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. What I'm saying is some people make that their everyday life. Some people, there's nothing beyond the clubs and the bars. I remember back when I was in college. And uh, the only thing my friends from back home would ask me, they would say, uh, "How how's the clubs? How are the bars? And I had to tell them the truth. I said, I wouldn't know. They said, what do you mean you wouldn't know? I said, I haven't been going to the clubs and the bars. It cost me a lot of money to get out here, and I had to focus on my education. Needless to say, they didn't call me much after that, you know, because I wasn't partying. But that was my journey. Uh, Everybody else was partying. In college, I was working two jobs. I don't know what it feels like to just let go. And when I did, it didn't feel too good, you know. It turns out that I'm just a very uh, focused person, typically. And I had to get back on that track of being focused, being tedious, you know, running the long race. And that's not always easy. A lot of people get tired. A lot of people, you know, they may faint. But praise be to God, I have yet to give up. I have yet to faint. I will not faint in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ, you know, because I can't. I can't let go and I can't forget what I've been through and where I've come from and all the things that led to me being at this point right now. And it may not seem like much. It may not look like I'm going anywhere at all sometimes, but I promise you one day when the time is right, Everything I did that seemed like nothing will one day mean a lot. And that's what I'm hoping for. is a day that everything that I did that seemed like it meant nothing at all will add up to something big. Because I was patient. Impatience is um it's 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 easy to pronounce and it's hard to have. Patience is like have you ever um 
Have you ever wanted to jump into the bathtub? I don't know. I don't know who takes baths. I know a lot of people don't take baths. But when I was younger, I used to love taking baths. Like when I was little, like six, seven. I used to love them so much. And sometimes I want to jump in a bathtub, but my mom made the water too hot, way too hot. And I had to wait for that water to calm down because it was like scolding. But if I put my toe in too quick, it would burn the toe. And if I put my body in too quick, it would burn my body. So I had to wait for the water to cool down. I've always liked coldish water, like lukewarm, luke cold, you know. I don't want anything too hot. That's never been my personality when it comes to my body. Period. Uh-huh. So I think that for me, waiting has always been the name of the game. When other people are moving and posting and releasing stuff, I'm waiting. Taking it easy. Breathing slow. Pacing myself. Because I understand that the process is more important than the easy solution. There's always going to be a quicker way. But I want the way that's going to bring me to where I need to go. I want the way that's going to create an inroad that no man can erase because I know God put it there. You know, I think that often... Is people we just we just want something where it's like the path of least resistance because it seems to be the best. That's the that's the path that everyone wants to take, like everybody. But it's a path of least resistance that that kind of leads to the most temptation. So yes, I'm going through more struggles taking the harder way, but when I think about what God will do about well, what what God will do through me and the doors he'll open for me as a result I'm thankful I would like to talk about for just a second the passing of offset and when I talk about this I want to be very conscious of his family and his loved ones. So I'm gonna speak very slow when I say this. I'm sorry, I meant the passing of takeoff. I think I said offset, I meant takeoff. My apologies. I'm hungry right now. Um, that could have came out better. I meant, you know, I'm, I'm a bit lightheaded. Uh, I meant to say takeoff, my apologies. Um, I don't know what happened. All I know is that a young man died and I have seen this happen so many times, so many times amongst rappers, you know, and, and this is going all the way back to Tupac and Biggie. This has been a reoccurring theme the passing of young men who could still be alive and doing well, and it's heartbreaking. I remember when I went to go to their first, well, not their first, my first concert with them. I went to my first concert with them 
back when I was like 25. That's when they came out with that. Mama told me, hey, not to sell work. Hey. <laughs> hey, man, I was up in there dancing, twerking, like shaking a little something, something. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just telling the truth. And, oh, gosh, I mean, like, first off, the concert was lit. It was packed. They was all young and hot and stuff. You know, shoot, I was young and hot. You know what I'm saying? I'm still young and hot. But, <laughs> um, wow, it, it just, it's crazy to think that he's died. Honestly, it, uh, I'm, I'm still shocked. I can't believe he's passed. It it really makes me think about how short life is. Sometimes I wonder what what's going on? What's going on in the rap community where so many men are dying before their time, dying young? Dying before they've really had the opportunity to enjoy life, to live it to the fullest. What's going on, you know? And how much longer will we will we as a community allow this to occur with so much young life being lost? You know, I think that when we think about power and money and success and fame, we think about all the beauties of it, about all the things we're afforded. But we don't think about how so many friends can become enemies when there's a bag involved, when there's money involved. We don't think about all the pitfalls of it. We don't think about how we can go from just being a regular person to somebody with a target on our back due to money and power and what people will do for it. Some people, they straight up killers out here over the money, over the bag. They destroy their community. They tear apart their principles. They, they, they rip apart people's lives. My daddy told me, he said, baby, a bullet ain't got no name on it. That mean anybody could catch him. You know, I ain't never been in the streets, but I always lived in it. And one thing I could tell you is this. When the bullets start to flying, there's no telling who's going to get hit. That's why I just try to be covered in the blood. That way, if my time ever come, I know I did all I could so I could meet my maker in a way that I feel comfortable with meeting him in. Like, if I get called home tomorrow, I know I try to worship Jesus today. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when God's going to call me home, but I'm going to do all I can to be a woman of valor before then, you know? The crazy thing about takeoff passing is he was the quietest one out the group. For real, for real. Like, he wasn't a high head. He was chill. Calm, relaxed, patient, always writing. Like he was, he was a, he was cold with the lyrics. 
No, he put his pen to paper. He made that stuff work. He was always writing, like, consistently. You know, his punchlines was cold. His rhyme schemes was always on point. It's just interesting how so many of the people that are super artistic, that, to me, not to be rude, that show, that so often show so much promise, are often the ones that get called home so quickly. And I won't say that for everybody, but I'm saying I've noticed that's occurred quite a bit. And it's absolutely devastating. You know, I think there's a whole business to this that we often don't see as the public. The business of being an artist is never easy. It doesn't matter if you're in rap, art, writing, literature, poetry, it doesn't it doesn't matter what you're in. It doesn't matter what type of artistic expression you're utilizing. It's a whole business behind art. And behind and in, in every business making money is the goal. But some some of us we just want to be artists. We just want to do our passion, make a decent amount of money off of it without being taken advantage of. But there's always somebody searching for the bag. And not always a bag that's rightfully earned, just any bag. Now, for all the artists out there, be mindful of who profits off your work and how your work is received when it's delivered. Because oftentimes, the very things that we that we work on, that we put our minds, our hearts, and and, and our and our effort into are the very things that people utilize and capitalize off and, and capitalize on when when we're at our lowest point. You know, I've seen a lot of artists like just completely step out of limelight and I've always wondered, what's going on? Why don't I hear from them no more? Like Lauren Hill. Some of the coldest artists just kind of walked away and like don't want to touch it no more. I always felt like rap, music, writing, a lot of times that stuff, singing, all that stuff, anything Hollywood related, right? Any type of business of art is a dirty business to me. Really any business in general. Because whenever you got creative people there's always going to be people trying to eat off those creative people. You up there trying to make the best work possible and people looking at you like lunch, you know? And I think it's unfortunate. We still haven't found Biggie and Tupac killer and that was so long ago I mean when Tupac died I couldn't have been no more but I was about five years old if that maybe younger when I think about how long it's been and how there's so few answers I mean do people even want answers at this point when I say people I'm not talking about the public I'm talking about them people you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Um, and if you know you know it's just unfortunate, and I'm going to be praying 
for Takeoff's family that the truth is discovered regarding whatever may have occurred because I don't know anything, neither do I pretend to know. But I just want to tell y'all, man, be careful out there. You know? Because you never know who plotting. Like, you never know. Could be somebody you know. Could be someone you don't know. Could be someone that watches you from afar on some creepy stuff. Like, you know, there's so many demonic forces in this world trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And you just do not know what people be on. You know, think about Judas. He was in Jesus's clique, AKA he's one of the disciples. Okay. Jesus shaking hands with him, gave him Jesus a kiss on the cheek, putting his hand in the same bowl that they were supping in, understanding that he was stealing out out the bag, you know, he he taken from the um from the collection bag. He up there stealing. And it was sin that opened the door for the devil to enter into Judas's body and utilize him. When people do wicked and evil activity, they open themselves up to the devil. And then people and then and then those people in return are used by the devil. A lot of times the people that we kicking it with, they're not the people we believed them to be. Sometimes it's the people that's closest to us that's really the ones we got to watch out for. And vice versa. Sometimes it's the people that we don't know nothing about that we got to watch out for. Because they know about us and they be watching us from a distance. You know, I don't pretend to have eyes in the back of my head because I don't. You know, I got my covering in Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean I don't still keep my eyes open. That doesn't mean you shouldn't keep your eyes open. You know, be Be vigilant. Always be vigilant. Don't don't sleep on the job. Don't sleep on your post. Because there's a lot of people out here. They don't got nothing to live for. I mean, like nothing. You think it's bad in your life? It's probably worse than theirs, and they don't got nothing to live for. That's why you always got to be watching. One thing I really appreciate about the Bible is that it keep you on your toes. <laughs> you know? Um, Proverbs 8.34 Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. There's another one I liked as well. Uh, Luke 12, 37. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Because... Jesus not playing. God not playing. They they want you watching and waiting and handling business. 
a lot of people in this world are lost without a cause, without very much vision. And really, they're looking for a way out of a bad situation. And a lot of them don't want to take a long road. They want to take a cheap, easy, quick road out of a bad situation. And really, it just leads to dismay and destruction, but they just want it. And that's why it hurts me when I see situations where I see people dying over nonsense or dying for no reason or just getting caught up in somebody else's jealousy or, or envy or hatred. Because at the end of the day, we all can have good things, but are we willing to work for them? Why, why do people have to kill each other and think that's going to get them somewhere? It gets them nowhere in the end, but they do it anyway. And I think that's devastating. It's devastating when so many young, beautiful people die for no reason. It's horrible. But I think oftentimes it's the world we live in. I'm trying to adjust to it. It's just taking me some time. So I'm going to read a poem for y'all. And I'm going to read a poem for y'all. I'm going to actually read something that I posted on my website, pureloveisha.com, P-U-R-E-L-O-V-E-E-S-H-A.com. And it's just an update. It's been a while. I know I haven't been posting as much as I normally do on this blog, but around the holidays, sometimes I get a bit sad thinking about the things that once were, that will never be. Looking at the past that came and went so easily, reminiscing over the desires of yesterday tends to trouble me, but I turn around anyway to catch a glimpse of my childhood and wonder how things changed so quick. Or maybe it was me, growing and developing in ways I could never foresee. Most recently, I learned to focus on the little things. They make me happy, the small triumphs and the complex web of everyday life. Once you look past the struggle and strife, there are always tidbits of gladness in the scenes of melancholy moments. Thank you. So... I'm going to read you another poem because we've come to the end of our time, but I'm just going to push some poems out for y'all because I hope you love them as much as I do. The name of this poem is Longing Heart. Again, Longing Heart. My heart is full of longing. It calls to drown out the empty rooms. It hearkens to starless nights. It is hopeful like the rising of a full moon. Yet my time for healing is not completed. So few numbers save. So many numbers deleted. Even when I wasn't lonely, I always felt alone. It mattered not if someone was in my bed because there was no love in my home. I pray someone real comes for me, a love I can hold, lips I can kiss till stories grow old, eyes I can look into when the sun goes down, 
feeling that I believe will stay around till one day my heart no longer longs for love. Thank you. Again, the name of that poem is Longing Heart. And I actually wrote this um, at my last poetry workshop that was earlier in November. So, you know, I'll be busy. If you ever in the area, if you ever in the um, Kenosha region, Racine region, Chicago region, Chicago land, you know, come through, check me out. Maybe we can do something. Hit me up. I love going to poetry events. I like doing my thing, you know. I definitely step outside the house. <laughs> if 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 uh if I'm in the mood to. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read the next poem I have. It's on my cuz the last poem I just read was on my 300 try by water blog. The next poem I'm going to read is really tiny and short, but it's okay. Pureloveisha.com is on and it's called a friend. Jesus is so good. When I'm in trouble, when my heart is in need, he comforts me, showing love and mercy. I'm glad I have a friend that will never leave. Again, the name of that poem is A Friend. Now I'm going to read you another poem. It's on my 300trybywater.com page, and the name of it is Blue Feelings. I was painted blue with your love but I'll get back up again, only to swim in the sea of another's eyes, to sail in a dream of a new lover's mind, to forget about the memories I chose not to remember, to push away the old feelings I'd rather leave behind. You are the cushion of old familiarity, like a couch I became used to, the grooves of a body settled into place, accustomed to seeing your form and caressing your face. But when I needed comfort, I couldn't find you, no more swimming in the blue oceans, looking for the end of rising tides. It's time for a new adventure. My heart is in need. It's something that I deal with, but I've always been looking for something I can call mine. Again, the name of this poem is Blue Feelings. Blue. Um. <laughs> and I'm going to read you one more poem, and the name of this is Simple Beauty. You fly on an easy breeze, slow motion wings, moving with peace. Your presence makes the moment lovely for me, landing on leaves and grass like happiness flowing to a better place. Come near me so I can feel the hum of your day, going by slowly, no need to rush. You remind me to cherish the simple things, encouraging me to put down the cell phone until I realize I needed a picture of your beauty up close. Again, the name of this poem is Simple Beauty. So I'm gonna read another poem for you in just a second. First, I wanna talk to you a little bit and wrap up. So I've been in the conundrum and the conundrum is regarding the culture of rap. Why is it that so often the things promoted in rap are straight up deadly? Deadly. It's like, not listen to rap, you know? Um, and it's, you know, and I just, by the time I started listening to rap, I was, uh, 
I was a little older. I was probably about 18, 19. I didn't start like as a teenager. Um, I only listened to Tupac until I was like uh, about 18 years old, really. Um, yeah, I listened to a little bit of rap, but it wasn't very much at all. So like I was in college. I was around like, you know, other people outside my mom and dad's house. But I've I've I recognized that and I learned long ago, a lot of times rap nowadays, and it's not all rap, but there's a lot less conscious rappers, you know. I mean, like, there's not a lot of positivity in it. Not the way it could be. You know, um, there used to be so many different kinds of of rappers, you know. Like what I was talking about with the Lauren Hill, you know, she came out the group the Fugees. It was so many different types of rap that just inspired the soul, that kindled the fire, that 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 made you feel like, man, I gotta do more, I gotta work harder, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta hustle, I gotta. I got to be somebody that's fighting for something that means something, you know, like I used to love listening to people like Lupe Fiasco. Kendrick Lamar, he makes pretty decent music. J. Cole is cool sometimes. But so often I feel like we're not really hearing the type of positive stuff we could be, you know? Stuff that supports having a family, getting married, you know, you know, stuff besides slanging drugs, smashing the proverbial uh, hoes, as it were. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I said it. Um, things besides, you know, killing, trapping, you know, just. The stuff gets tiring. It's like you know, I, I I think it's a time when maybe people should just start doing their own thing, you know. Not waiting on the powers that be to get them to go ahead on good meaningful music and and not always allowing the music that you listen to to be something that tears you down spiritually, you know. I listen to um I listen to Christian rappers like Lecrae. I'm still in search of um more Christian rap I enjoy. So if you have any ideas, if there's anybody that you like, feel free to um post your comments on the pod, you know, let me know so I can go check them out. I'm definitely interested in finding rap that makes me think and makes me more aware and conscious of what's going on. I think oftentimes maybe I don't look for all the good I want to see in the world. Maybe I just settle for what it is and instead of, you know, trying to find something a little better. Oh, and you know what else I'm tired of? I'm tired of, like, whenever I'm in Chicago, which is often, I hear them say on the radio... WGCI, they be like, put the put the guns down, Chicago, put down the Glocks. And it's like, 
20 seconds later or less than that, I mean, like five, ten seconds later, it's like they're playing songs, like talking about, I pulled out the shot again, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, they're just one song. My ex used to sing this song. I hated this song. And I told him, I said, man, you can't be singing that around me. You know what I'm saying? Because we around each other all the time. It's making me uncomfortable. The one song, it was like, I got murder on my mind. I got murder on my mind. I said, bro, why are you singing that? Like, you, how you going to sing that stuff? And you got a whole girlfriend. Like, that stuff, like, that is not healthy. Like, you're literally, you know, they um in the Bible it says, the power of life and death, death is in the tongue. So if you're singing that, I feel like you're singing death. Like you can't be singing nothing else but death at this point. If you know, I don't care if you're rapping that, you're rapping death. Like to even say those words with your mouth is just disturbing, you know? When do we get to sing about like not even dealing with grief or, or mourning death or you know, coming to terms with it, but you constantly singing stuff like this, like that's that's weird to me. You know, I remember when I first heard Bone Thugs and Harmony. Meet me at the crossroads. That's all, so you won't get lonely. And listen, I I was like, I can't lie, it was really catchy. So I was singing it for some years, right? But now I'm looking back on it like it, it's just sometimes it's unnecessary, you know. I think we need to do better. I think we need to do something else. I was like, think about meeting me at the crossroads. Why am I meeting you at a crossroad? And why are you lonely if you got God? Bro, don't go to the crossroads, bro. There's other ways to deal with being lonely or being upset or going through stuff and and saturating yourself in, in the spirit of death and depression is not the answer, man. Like for me, I write poetry. I read the Bible. I go on fast. You know, I knit. I found a lot of different things so I could feel better about the stuff I go through. And none of those things lead to the death, lead to death and destruction within my community. I'm thankful to say, but it, listen, if you want a destructive path, if you know somebody on a destructive path, don't make them feel bad. Just pray for them. Just pray about it, you know? Prayer really changes things. I'm a true believer and advocate of that. I think there's so much power when you pray to God. I'm not talking about other people, right? I'm talking about God. When you pray to God, Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, there's so much power in that. And I don't think people were really recognizing God the way that we should. Really taking the time to acknowledge how wonderful he is, how forgiving and merciful, you know? But for all those who don't know, Jesus is king. I pray you have an awesome evening, a wonderful week. Never give up, always push forward and know that better things are coming. Just don't give up the faith and don't let go, all right? I love you. Thank you for joining me on this episode Episode four of Hope Speaks. This is your girl, Isha, signing off. Thank you. Bye.